Hello and welcome back to Why Morocco, a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to spotlighting some of the inspiring and creative personalities who share my love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco. My name's Mandy Sinclair, PR consultant and freelance writer, tasting Marrakesh food and cultural tours owner and host of this podcast. As you sit back and listen, it's my hope that you'll leave feeling inspired to pay a visit or motivated to start planning that trip to the Kingdom of Morocco. I'm back. And this week I'm chatting with Lonely Planet writer, friend and colleague, concierge, a fellow Morocco lover, albeit one who prefers to call Fez home, Helen Ranger. While I'm not a great fan of Fez, I do absolutely love the surrounding region. Visiting Moula Idris Serhoun, Sefru, the Middle Atlas Mountains, and the little Swiss-like village of Afran. So for her gig with Lonely Planet, Helen had the opportunity to visit these spots as well as others as she researched and wrote about the rural areas of the Middle Atlas for a chapter in the forthcoming Morocco guidebook. In our chat, Helen talks about two of the national parks in the region, trekking, the city Harazam baths that Aziza Shawni also talked about on episode 28 of Why Morocco, and what you'll want to know for planning a Middle Atlas getaway. You see Fez, like Marrakesh, has diverse landscapes and beautiful villages at its doorsteps. With nearby waterfalls, nature reserves, village markets and festivals to enjoy, I don't really understand why more people don't take advantage of a long weekend in Fez. Particularly with the day trip options, most travelers visit Meknes, Volibulus and Mouli Idris on a day trip from Fez, which don't get me wrong, it's absolutely beautiful, but with all the tips that Helen provides for planning a trip in the rural Middle Atlas region, Fez could easily double as a starting point for a long weekend adventure in the region. After all, the city is served with international flights to leading European destinations. So let's listen in as Helen tells us more about what to see and do in Morocco's rural Middle Atlas mountain region. Anyway, I wanted to um, yeah, record this podcast with you to chat about the Middle, Middle Atlas. So I just want to start by saying thank you for joining. Uh, you. Ha- oh, pleasure. Uh, you're always such a wealth of information, but... You actually have your hands in many projects in Fez, but also like around Morocco. Um, so can you tell listeners a little bit about how you ended up in Morocco and what keeps you here? Oh, yes. I came in 2002 because I'd read about the Fez Festival of Sacred Music. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated by that. And when I got to Fez, I fell in love with the city, loved the festival, and had to come back the next year and the next year. And finally, I was offered a job in Fez teaching English mm-hmm. at the American Language Center. And that gave me the excuse to come and live here. And I thought, well, I'll give it a year, mm-hmm. uh, see how I like it. And um, I was at a stage in my life where I was no longer married, my children had left home, and it just seemed the perfect thing to do. And and it was. And what keeps me here, um, I was just talking about this last night with a a friend, it's the people Mm -hmm. and the community spirit that we find Mm -hmm. um, in there. And I guess generally in Morocco, but definitely the people. And then the diversity of, of Morocco itself. Yeah, absolutely. You can never really be bored here. Um, I know from Marrakesh, we can be, you know, on the coast uh, two or three hours, in the mountains in an hour, and the Sahara Desert in about seven. What type of diversity do you have near Fez? 
Oh, well, that was my project for Lonely Planet uh, in recent weeks, mm -hmm. was to research the Middle Atlas. Not counting, say, from Neckness. There was another author doing that. Mm -hmm. But So we do have those wonderful imperial cities. But the other thing about the Middle Atlas is that you've got a number of busy Berber market towns mm -hmm. and you've got some quirky little villages with interesting things going on, like women's cooperatives weaving carpets. Oh, wow. Yes, so nice little villages, um, people living in caves in Bahamil, for example, lots of things to explore like that. Mm -hmm. You've also got, of course, the most important Roman ruins in Morocco at Volubilis, and the national parks, and those really were a delight to see again because I'd forgotten about them and how very beautiful they are, the Middle Atlas Mountains. Um, the two parks are the Ifran National Park and the Tezeka National Park, which is just north of them. Um, so absolutely beautiful mountains, not big mountains like the uh -huh. High Atlas, yeah. I guess they're middle, uh, middle mm -hmm. mountains, as they're the Middle Atlas, yeah. and they are stunning and they offer lovely walking opportunities, a little bit of mountain biking that could increase, mm -hmm. and um, for speleologists, one of the most important cave systems in Tezeka. Um, that you'll find in um, North Africa. And just wonderful walking in cedar forest, gentle walking, yeah. not not tough hiking, but very pleasant walking in the shade of the cedar forest. But can you just explain where the Middle Atlas region is located within Morocco? Yes, it's in the north. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in the middle, I suppose we could say. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's it's um, west and south of Fez, and then down to Middelt, so that's quite, that's southeast. Mm -hmm. I've got a map in my head, I hope I'm right there. <laughs> but yes, so, so it's in the north, but in the middle. And so the base for people who just wanted, if you wanted to explore the Middle Atlas, would be to fly into Fez? Yes, I think that's probably the best place to, to be. Mm -hmm. And then from Fez, you can get north to uh, Tazeka, and then you go west to Vulay-Dres-Zahun and um, to Azru and Ifran, Sefru, and so on. So, yes, all sort of south and west of Fez. Mm -hmm. One thing I find um Morocco does is we really see a lot of emphasis on Imlil and Toubkal National Park, but these two national parks that you've just mentioned, can you tell us a little bit about what there is to see and do in those national parks and what makes them so special? Yes, in Ifran, which um, is just southwest of Fez, mm -hmm. it's in the mountains, so it's a mountainous park, um, but as I say, they're quite gentle mountains. Um, they're covered in cedar forests. And also there's some oak trees, like holm oak, oh, wow. for example. And um, they're set up really to protect the cedar forests. And um, Ifran also has the Barbary macaques, which mm -hmm. are monkeys, the sort of monkey that you'll find on the Rock of Gibraltar, same mm -hmm. thing. Um, and those are highly endangered. There are about 10,000 of them left 
which sounds a lot, but oh, that's wow. across North Africa. So there aren't that many left and they get poached. Um, they get mm-hmm. stolen because they're cute and then they're not so cute when they're older. And mm-hmm. they can, you know, there's, there are big problems with them. And so the park sets out to protect them and the cedar trees. And what initiatives are they doing to protect the they have county rangers. Oh, wow. um, the guide that I was with is one of those. And uh, he um, educates all about education. A lot of people stop in the forest and they feed the monkeys yeah. and try and do selfies with them, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is terrible for the monkeys and can be dangerous for humans if they get bitten, Uh for example. So um, it's about education. And if you go for a walk in the forest, you'll see them in the wild, which is much nicer than seeing them begging for food on the side of the road. Yes, 100%. But do they pose any threats, though? Um, no, if if you treat them as wild animals, yeah, they okay. might pose a threat if you try and take their photograph and mm-hmm. you know pick them up or try yeah. and feed them. Mm-hmm. Then they're then you're being irresponsible, so they might be a threat then. But mm-hmm. um, and then what was the other national? I- the other national park is uh, Tazeka, which is near the town of Taza, and Tazeka is about well, it's just over an hour north of there. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got wonderful countryside, beautiful mountains, um, and no one there. Wow. It's, it's just empty. It's amazing. That's where you find the caves, the CR2 caves and other systems of caves, which, of course, then has lots of birds, lots of bats living in the caves. Um, and there are very few places to stay. I've, I came across one or two, mm-hmm. but uh, staying in the park. Um, but you can also um, have wonderful walks. There are a series of walks, um, I think a, a dozen wow. different walks that you can do in the park that are all signposted. And um, they range from half an hour to a nice viewpoint to a 17-kilometer day hike that's quite strenuous. So there's something for everyone. That's what I like about it. That's amazing and signposted because that's not we don't yeah. have that necessarily in the Tubecall National Park that I've ever seen. Um, oh, but really? would right. you still recommend though that people take a, a trekking guide with them? I would because I think they're so knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary to do that, but mm-hmm. I think if I'm going to go on a ten kilometer hike, I'd rather have a guide with me who can say, "Look, there's a such and such yes. bird," mm-hmm. or this is this tree, and again, this park is um, was set up to protect the cedar trees, although it's much, much smaller than mm-hmm. the Park. Yeah. And are there entrance fees to get into both parks? No, not at all. It's wow. Not, not even fenced. So you just see a sign that says, you know, you're now entering the park, and then you're in it. Oh, that's brilliant. Wonderful. Yeah. And there are also people living in the parks, which is another facet. So you quirky little villages like Ein Lu, for example, um, which is a pretty village on the mountainside. And people there farm sheep and the women make carpets. Um, so that's a fascinating place to go because you can go to the weaving cooperatives and see them working on the looms. So, okay, the High Atlas Mountains, Tubecall, Imwell, that type of area near Marrakesh, um, tend to get a lot of press coverage and tourists, whereas 
what you're telling us is there's endless nature reserves and opportunities to really get into the local landscapes and explore. Um, I remember when I was traveling in Morocco for the first time, we kind of sped through this region um, between leaving from Fez and going to the Sahara Desert. So you're like it would be worth an overnight if people are traveling from Fez to the Sahara? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, at least an overnight. Well, Tezeka, as I say, is north of Fez, so you might yes. do a day mm-hmm. trip there. Mm-hmm. But to the Ifrin National Park, I would definitely say you can stay a night or two, or longer if you want to do a longer trek. Um, the guides know uh, where to um, suggest places to stay overnight. There are little mountain jeeps. Mm-hmm. There are some really nice rustic places mm-hmm. um, springing up now, um, guest houses in the countryside. And my guide was telling me you can also even stay with nomads during the summer. We saw a lot of no- nomads on the hillsides because I was there in the summer. And um, so they're grazing their animals. Wow. There's very interesting stuff going on there. But to get to the Sahara, then you're going to go through somewhere like Medelt, mm-hmm. um, which is just on the cusp between the middle and the high atlas. Mm-hmm. And it's a small town where it's famous for its apple. Mm-hmm. And there I did see um, there's a, a lovely place to stay, well, a couple of lovely places to stay in the town itself. Old French protectorate era villas oh, that wow. have. Uh, very comfortable accommodation. People often just speed through that town and mm-hmm. um, have lunch at yeah. one of the Casbah hotels on the outskirts mm-hmm. to get to the deserts or to get from the desert to bed. But that's also worth a stop because there's some incredible uh, mountain um, walks to do in that area and the drive through the yeah. gorge dowley was Mm-hmm. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I remember when I was traveling here, um, the you know my first trip here, we did stay overnight in Medal, and I really loved the um, the drive. I could have done without the macaque apes. So I didn't even get out of the bus. They just kind of were like waiting at the doors, staring at me. Um, but I remember walking to that gorge. It was absolutely stunning in the little villages where the children are just running through the streets and playing and having fun and happy to you know just say hi and. These sweet yes. little children. So. Yes. I really enjoy that, that those small villages and towns, mm-hmm. the, the sort of market towns are interesting, like Azru, for example, is an interesting town. And Azru is near Fed, isn't it? Yes, just over an hour away. That's uh, next door to the Ifra National Park. Mm-hmm. And, and they have a wonderful souk on a, a Tuesday um, that, that's just fascinating to go and see from, you know, selling sheep mm-hmm. and goats and donkeys and uh, right through to every vegetable that you need and all the clothes and yeah. watches and uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> beautiful carpets, of course, in Esri. Yeah, did you come home with a few new carpets? Not this time. Okay. I was very restrained. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the problem I find with travel writing is that you just want to then, you know, go shopping and do all the, the fun things, right? So you've just wrapped up your research for Lonely Planet, but you also are working as a travel. uh, um, So I'm just wondering, in your opinion, what's the best season to visit the Middle Atlas? Best season, I would say, is spring. Because um, the weather is perfect. You haven't got the, the fierce heat of summer. 
and you've got the meadow flowers, mm-hmm. which are breathtaking. Um, fields and fields of poppies and daisies, and uh, it's just magnificent. Yeah. And the countryside has had some rain, so it's starting to look green. It's not all dry like it is in the summer. Uh-huh. So I think spring is the best time. Mm-hmm. Uh, March, April is wonderful. And then, of course, around about September, October, when the fierce heat is gone. Um, but it's still pleasant autumn weather. Nice. And what was your top um, outdoor nature or natural wonder that you discovered? Oh, that's difficult. Mm. Um, because there were so many. I was just so surprised that, that to be, I was reminded of how beautiful it was. I think Pazeka is probably was my favorite because it's heavily wooded with these wonderful cedar trees and it's um it's there's nobody there mm-hmm. so that always makes it better doesn't it you haven't got hordes <laughs> of people yeah. mm-hmm. looking at something, a waterfall or something mm-hmm. so that that was lovely and i found a very nice lodge there that i'll definitely be going back to i didn't know it existed mm-hmm. um but the, the perfect place for a weekend away with friends and a swimming pool and oh, lovely. just lovely views across the mountains. And you can go for walks and so on there. So I think, yes, Tazeka was lovely. Um, and then I also went into the gorges um, at Medelt, um, but also nobody there. Mm-hmm. And those, those were magnificent rock mm-hmm. formations. Fabulous. So, I mean, Wow. You're making me want to go. Now, <laughs> I'm going to ask you about the top architectural site. What would, what would that be in the middle of well, this region? That has to be City Hansen. Yes. Um, which is just outside Fez, about 15 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never been, I've lived here for 15 years, and I had never been to City Hansen. It's a spring mm-hmm. in a valley, an oasis, really, really verdant. So all around you are dry at this time of year in October, dry mountains with olive trees on them. Um, But this valley is green with palm trees and beautiful gardens. And uh, plonked in the middle of this is a complex built by Zabaco in the Mm -hmm. 60s and 70s. I think it was finished in 75. Um, A brutalist architecture in this case um, of these thermal pools. Now, the spring feeds the pools. Um, There are, I think, five or six different pools, and two of them have been restored um, by Aziza Chowney, so a local Fessy architect. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's just fascinating to see the people there. Uh, It was packed on a Tuesday, I think. Um, Packed with people who'd gone to collect the water from the spring because it's got a lot of healthful qualities. So that's why they go there. And then there were not many people in the pool. Uh, We went to the women's pool, which is beautifully restored, and swam in the water there, which is not chlorinated, Um, but it's constantly fed by the spring, so it's Mm -hmm. sparkly clean. And it was delightful. And there are big restaurant complexes and things for children to do, like ponies to ride and, and swings and mm-hmm. slides and, um, and places to sit under the palm trees 
with lots of cushions for people to use and have mint tea or oh, delightful. It was a delight. And how much so, is it to get in? Well, um, the restored pool uh, is 70 dirhams. Okay. And the ones that haven't yet been restored are 50. And so was the women's area, was that part of the restored area? Yes. Yeah. Magnificently okay. done. Absolutely. Wow. I was I was just so overwhelmed with how beautiful it's been, how beautifully it's been done. Um, so yes, absolutely lovely. Wonderful. Definitely uh, put that on my um, itineraries for people. I think that that would be an eye opener into watching Moroccans and what they do and how they mm-hmm. enjoy themselves in the beautiful gardens mm-hmm. and collecting the water and having. Uh, going to the cafe or the market or the restaurant that are there, mm-hmm. and all all surrounded by this incredible brutalist architecture. Well, I mean, that, oh, just I really want to go there. It's almost, I suppose, it's love the architecture. I think I would love everything. And is the hotel open still? Um, yes, but it hasn't been restored, and it needs to be. Okay. Um, but I think that's also on the agenda. Okay. Um, and, and there are lots of apartments that were built for people to go and have holidays there. And a lot of those are being rebuilt. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, and, and car parks. I've never seen such large car parks in my life. <laughs> I think it's, oh, not in Morocco. It's, mm-hmm. It is absolutely packed at weekends and in the summer. Wow. But in, you know, midweek out of season there were maybe 12 other women around the pool fabulous and you went there in september so it would have still been quite warm is it somewhere that you could go in winter as well yes they yeah. don't close okay. um they, they won't be open if it's really really cold mm-hmm. um but generally they stay open all year um because they can you know yeah. the water's not hot mm-hmm. like at mule Yakub. it's it's um just very mildly warm mm-hmm Nice. It's not, it's not sulfurous or anything like that. Okay. After all this research that you've done, what would be your top spot to get away from it all? Oh, um, I think the national parks and, and perhaps mm-hmm. stay in uh, Azru and go walking in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, a day trip from, say, up to Tazer National Park, Tazeka National Park would be good. Um, exploring those little villages of Bachnel and um, that Bachnel is a place with the caves. People mm-hmm. live in caves and it has very pretty painted streets. Mm-hmm. The women sit on the on the steps and make patterns for gelabas. Really interesting. Yeah. Um, so little villages like that. And we went also to Gigu, which is very remote. Um, and they have a big sheep souk on a Sunday. That's oh, an wow. island. Uh-huh. And lots of fun. That sounds amazing. Because I feel, is there anybody offering day trips to these regions from Fez? Because I feel like everybody's sold the, you know, Macnez, Volibulus, Mule Idris in a day package. Yes, that is the most popular because mm-hmm. people do want to see mm-hmm. um, uh, Volubilis particularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Moulet Dress is a wonderful yeah. uh, place to stop for lunch. But you can also stay over there, which I think is important mm-hmm. uh, as well. And there are lovely walks from Moulet Dress um, mm-hmm. and paragliding and donkey rides down to Volubilis, mm-hmm. all sorts of things going on there, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. To answer your question, yes, there are people offering day trips. 
Um, but I don't know how far visitors look. Mm-hmm. So they just see, oh, well, we've got three days in phase and we better go to Volubilis and that's it. Yeah. And they go on to the desert or they go on to Shifjian or Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I would say pause a bit or perhaps even better if you're not coming from too far away is to do the north of Morocco in one trip and come back to do the south. And is it possible on public transit to go around, or is it advised to have a, a driver? Um, no, the national parks you would have to have a driver mm-hmm. um, because there's no there's no public transport. Um, some of the villages you can get to, obviously the villages you can get to yeah. um, in a grand taxi, a shared taxi, mm-hmm. uh, you could get to them, mm-hmm. um, particularly on market day, yeah. day. So I'm always a fan of meeting locals when I travel. So who were some of the fun personalities you met whilst doing your research? Mm-hmm. Kamal Chowi in Buffalo mm-hmm. is such a mine of information. He's fantastic to explore um, Buffalo and Gigu with. Mm-hmm. I was with Jess Stevens in Sefru, yeah. um, and she was showing me all the fondocks there that have been restored, and she's about to open the Sefru Museum of Multiculturalism uh, next month that opens. Mm -hmm. Fascinating stuff going on. Um, And some of them are foreigners and some of them are Moroccans. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's important that you see both sides of it all. But yes, there's some wonderful people to to glean information from. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Well, it certainly has left me with a desire. I'm you know, make no secret that I'm more Marrakesh than Fez, um, but I would be happy. The the outlying regions of Fez, I always find, I'm a huge fan of Moulay Idris. I also, I do like Meknes as well. Um, these national parks that you just referenced seem incredibly fascinating as well to explore. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, you must come up and try mm-hmm. them. I know. I mean, I want to come up just for the baths, the city heroism. Uh When is the Lonely Planet book out? Uh, Spring, so probably March, I think it is. And there are the two books, um, Morocco Country Guide and Best of Morocco. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And um, if somebody wanted to plan a trip to Morocco, they could get in touch with you? Indeed, they can. Yeah, okay. Because you do country-wide, right? I mean, you're really a Fez expert, but you do country Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for your time, Helen. If you're also a fan of getting off the tourist trail and planning to be in Marrakesh, join us for one of our Tasting Marrakesh food and cultural tours. On our Tasting Marrakesh Gillies tour, we explore some of the 20th century architecture in Marrakesh, stop at some of our favorite art galleries housed in Art Deco gems, and wander through parks and religious buildings that surprise visitors who dare to venture beyond the Marrakesh Medina. We chat history, eat street food, and shop. But with more and more designers moving their showrooms to the new city and restaurants opening up, this neighborhood is on the move. But don't just take it from me. Condé Nast Traveler recently included our Tasting Marrakesh Gilles tour on its roundup of 10 cool things to do in Marrakesh. Our website is tasting-marrakesh.com for more details. That's Marrakesh with a CH. All of our tours are private and bespoke, so we take you only to the places that interest you. 
But for now, it's time to say see you next time when I'll be back chatting all things Morocco and sharing my love of the place I call home. In the meantime, if you want to discuss sponsorship of this podcast or even a partnership, please feel free to get in touch via my website, mandyandmorocco.com. And if you're a fan of Why Morocco, I would be so grateful if you would please rate and review this podcast on your favorite channel or share on your social media networks. Just please don't forget to tag me at Mandy in Morocco so I can be sure to thank you for helping me share the love of the North African Kingdom of Morocco.